And now it is my opportunity to help us have some more magic in our lives this week. Please welcome Reverend Dr. Patrick Cameron. Thanks, Elizabeth. Okay. Well, welcome. And uh, now is our opportunity. If you'd like to sing a song with me, and if you'd like to stand and sing that song, please feel free. And if not, stay seated. Here we go. And the words are right there. Right there. There we go. Thank you. Thank you, Julia. All right. Ah, Let's take a nice deep breath together. find my note. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear. For spirit, one spirit is in this very So I invite you to know with me in this moment, one life, I recognize that one life, that one animating spirit, the living spirit, in and through and as all of life, in and through your life, my life, not a personality, but a principle, a vibration of the most high. So as we come together and we choose it, it chooses us. And so in this collective prayer, as we come together with our hearts open and our minds available to the inspiration and to that intuitive knowing. I know that for each one of us, myself included, we're guided, directed, and supported and resourced in every good way. I give thanks in this moment in great gratitude. I stand with you knowing that every good thing necessary for you and I to perceive, to understand at a deeper level and to move forward in our lives in a beautiful, powerful way is made available. And the presence of mind to enjoy this fabulous day, each moment, each breath, to look out at the world and see the beauty as it blossoms in this new season of life. What a beautiful metaphor to align one's consciousness with. And so I give thanks. I I give thanks for the shifts and changes that take place today as we come together. I give thanks for beautiful music, beautiful words, for poetry, for this beautiful teaching, for the shoulders of the giants that we stand upon, that have passed down through the written word, their legacy of wisdom and truth and beauty and joy. For this I give thanks, releasing these words, knowing every good thing is in divine right order, in the right time, in the right place. For this I I, I release these words in gratitude, knowing this, and together we say, and so it is. Please be seated. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I want to thank, first of all, I want to thank Reverend Connie Nissen for uh, speaking last week. Do you sing in this very room when I'm not here? Okay, I just wonder. I just, I never, I've never been here when I'm not here. Do you know what I mean? So I thought, I don't know if they sing that song or not. So, 
How do they do that? I should listen to the podcast and find out, probably. Okay. Well, uh, it's great to be here, and I want to um, uh, express my, my, my whole um, discussion today as well. I'll, I'll, I'll save that for a, bit, a little bit later. But today we're talking about bringing the magic into your life. And I came across Rhonda Byrne's book, and Rhonda wrote The Secret. And The Secret is a, it, it's a, it's a good movie. It's not my all-time favorite movie because I think it simplifies uh, metaphysical principles in a way that... that just skim the surface, but it's a wonderful kind of entry point. And uh, she certainly did garner a lot of uh, attention and a lot of information for people that were unfamiliar. So, uh, you know, all good stuff. Uh, her third book, I thought it was her second, but her third book is called The Magic. And uh, we have them in the bookstore if anyone's interested. They're t- I think they're $10. Anyway, uh, today I wanted to talk about bringing the magic into your life. So I went to Webster's Dictionary, and Webster says this about magic. Webster says, the power of apparently influencing the course of events by using mysterious or supernatural forces. Mm. And then St. Augustine said this. He lived around three, late 300s, early 400s. Miracles are not contrary to nature, but only contrary to what we know about nature. Which I think is a little bit closer aligning to what we believe about spirituality. So in other words, there really are no miracles. It's just simply aligning ourselves up in a different way with our divine inheritance, our divine nature that helps shift and change consciousness. Because we don't defy the law of physics, what nature is, where God, the spirit works through nature. It's, it's everywhere present. If you go outside and look at the flowers that Bruce has planted this year, there's God in the form of a flower. It's everywhere present. In the Gospel of of Matthew, whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. So I want to add the piece to this, what what animates that. What is it that we, whatever it is that we have will be given more of. And if we don't utilize it, it'll all be taken away. What is that? And then, of course, I went to Harry Potter to get a little information on magic. And from that great teacher, Ginny Wellesley, she said, you sort of start thinking anything is possible if you've got enough nerve, which I think aligns quite nicely with our teaching. If you've got enough nerve, it takes a lot of guts to kind of step in and do this work and look at it and figure it out because it's, it's, not, it's not a quick fix. It's not a straight line because what we're doing is we're, we're reassembling our consciousness, our beliefs, and moving forward or, or attempting to move forward. And it takes every one of us as long as it takes. So I'm, I'm here today, and, one of the, and, and so what, I want to set this up early because I, I didn't tie it together well at the first service. The quote from Matthew, whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance, and whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And what she's talking about and what is so true is gratitude. Gratitude is magical. Gratitude brings the magic into our lives at many levels, and I want to talk to you about that today. So what Matthew was talking about is whoever has gratitude will be given more. What we appreciate, appreciates. What we appreciate, appreciates. And there's the the tool. There is that, sort of that magical incantation. Actually, the magical incantation is to say thank you. To find the things in our lives to say thank you for. And it seems so simple. 
but it's such a powerful tool. Her entire book is around gratitude. And she gives many, many examples of it. So whoever has will be given more. Whoever has more gratitude will be given more. And those without gratitude, will even what they have will be taken from them. What we appreciate appreciates. But it's hard to do that sometimes because we go out in the world and, and things happen. And then all of a sudden, it's what's, what's for me to appreciate here? And sometimes that particular situation may not inspire a, a sense of gratitude in you. And then that's part of the spiritual awareness and the spiritual practice. Yesterday, um, we had an amazing event here. One of the most beautiful and sorrowful and profound experiences I've had in 15 years of, of ministry. We had the memorial service here for the young man that took his life, 24 years old, Alex Thomas Haig. And uh, we didn't know. The parents thought, well, we're going to do this event and... You know, we think a few, we think a number of people show up, but we didn't, we didn't put an obituary in because they were concerned about numbers. And they, they live in Riverdale. Well, every square inch of this place was filled. We, every chair we owned, we brought them from the solarium, we brought them from the kids' room, we brought them out of the, the woodwork, and we put chairs up. And um, the balcony was full. We had people sitting on the steps. We had people everywhere. And one of the things that I'm so, the, and it's a very sad event. But one of the beautiful things was to be able to bring people together because mourning is very important when someone, someone, especially life ends that way. And there's so much confusion around it and there's so many, the sense of, oh my God, sorrow and what could I have done and, and all the things, the layers of that. To be able to bring people together, when it happened, I sent Laura, uh, Lorna Thomas, Alex's mom, a message on Facebook and I said, you know, anything we can do as a community to support you, let us know. And so what we did is we just opened our doors up, said, come and, and let us help support this. If you'd like me to officiate, I'll be happy to do that. If you have somebody else, we'll be here to, to uh, uh, help support that as well. So anyway, in collaboration, that whole community got mobilized. All the people, that, not all the people, but a number of people from Riverdale. The musicians showed up. People showed up. Um, we were here from 1 o'clock until 6 o'clock yesterday. And it was a beautiful, beautiful celebration of life for Alex. And one of the beautiful things that I'm so very grateful for today is to have our teaching and our philosophy in a way that we can frame it and look at it from the perspective of life is eternal. And we, and we, wanna, and we know that life is sacred and we want to honor life. I mean, the life that we have. The, the sad thing for me when looking at Alex's experience, this is a 24-year-old man that was just starting in his life. Very bright, very uh, talented. But we'll never know how that story ends. We'll never know how that story was going to play itself out and how it will end. And so what happens with that, I don't know. But I do know that I, my knowing of the God that I understand, and I was able to speak to this yesterday, is that, that the God that I understand that it, and animates my life and animates your life and, and, and intuitively guides me, and sometimes in the most unexpected ways, is a God of unconditional love and of kindness and of patience. And so when a situation happens like this, it's impossible for me to believe with that understanding what I believe to be true about the, the source of my life is that someone that would take their own life and then they would be punished in, some, in an additional capacity when they're already in such pain. And so I, I had an opportunity to say what I know right now is Alex has been greeted, he's being loved and cared for and mentored in, in ways that are so powerfully appropriate for his situation. And it doesn't, it doesn't make his behavior acceptable. But it does give some clarity, I think, to the eternality of life and the nature of spirit. And so 
in being able to be part of that, it is the support of this community. It's the support of what we stand for that allowed us to have a space where people that felt so connected wanted to come together and mourn and be sorrowful and celebrate his life and tell his story, a space that was appropriate for them. And, and without your support and without the dollars and the energy and the love that has gone into this community, we wouldn't be here to do that. And so I was just so filled with gratitude yesterday. And the emotion in the place was like, I felt like a screen door standing up here. Just waves and waves of, of energy just passing through me, passing through me. So it was so powerful and wonderful. But I went home with such a sense of gratitude. And I said to the parents uh, afterwards, I said, I don't think we could have done this any better. It was really beautifully orchestrated in a consciousness of unconditional love. And to be able to be here, and four, four, uh, about five of our uh, volunteers showed up to help because Laura and I, we had no idea that you know, almost 500 people would be in this building. So uh, God bless you for showing up and helping. And God bless you for your support because you were there, what we stand for. And it makes a difference in the world. Last, uh, last week I was in Denver. I went to spend time with the, uh, the first board retreat that we've had as the new integrated um, community. There's three ministers that were elected to the board, and I was fortunate enough to be one of those ministers. Three lay people and three practitioners. And then there's our spiritual leader and our president. So there are 11 people involved with it, and then there are, there are operations people, the staff, at home office. There's one in communications, one in finance, and one in the, in the spiritual, uh, they call it ecclesiastical. But Dr. Ken Gordon can't say ecclesiastical, so we could just call it spiritual. Anyway, but they were there as well. So there were about 14 of us at this event. And what we did is we came together, and we spent two days with a wonderful facilitator by the name of Norm Bouchard. And Norm is a uh, former Catholic priest. And one of his specialties is ritual. So we spent two days doing ritual together and sort of falling in love with one another. It was really wonderful, really beautiful. The deepening and the deepening and the deepening. So I told Norm, I said, we're going to bring you to Edmonton in September and we'll, we'll bring our leadership together to create that vibration. Because when you have the container of love, what happens with that is it, it's, it's, a, it's a heart that's full. It's a, it's a prosperous heart. And as we grow that capacity for the prosperous heart, it's a heart of abundance. And this, this Mile High Church is just an amazing, amazing facility. If you ever get to Denver and want to see something, it is the Vatican of New Thought. They have a, a, a beautiful, brand new, $17 million sanctuary, 1,400 seats. They do three services a Sunday. They, have a, a, they broadcast to the world the talk every Sunday. And I was talking to Norm Bouchard about it because he's in charge of that. He said that they notice that when there's a glitch in the broadcast, the donations go down. And so what they've done is they, they call it a live broadcast. They edit it for an hour, and then they send it out an hour later so they can take out any of the... the, um, the but isn't it interesting if there's a, a, a hesitation or a break in the, in the communication, the donations go down. So they said they've worked really diligently. But all these little nuances of taking the message out into the world, their vision, our vision and mission is up here, a vibrant spiritual community. And to teach and live for, and so the way we achieve our vision of vibrant spiritual community is we teach and live from love. That's for us right now. That's alive for us. Their vision is oneness revealed, a world of love, peace, and abundance for all. I love that too. That's what we stand for. Our purpose is to serve as a spiritual beacon for personal empowerment and global enlightenment. That's their purpose. Then they have a 25-year vision. I'm like, wow. I'm, st- I'm working on next Tuesday. 
Mile High Church is a premier worldwide voice and force for universal new thought spirituality. See, that's their, where they want to be in 25 years. And then, here, and then they have a vivid description. Millions of people are being served by our evolving spiritual community as Mile High Church continuously reinvents and re-enchants church. Reinvents and re-enchants church. Love that. We are a household name. We are renowned for our joy, compassion, healing consciousness, and in inclusive diversity. Lives are transformed. Isn't that beautiful? It took them two years to write this. It took two years. They visioned and visioned and visioned and two, and two years to come up with this. But I brought it back because I thought, see, this is one of the great things. See, I'm so grateful to be part of a community that allows me the time and the space and the resources so I can go spend time with this and I bring it back. And one of the side benefits of being part of this is saying, God, we can use some of that in our community. Not that we have to be what this is, but what wants to happen here. And a vision on it. So what Norm said to us, as Norm Bouchard said as we were doing the work, he said, as members of this board... Because there wasn't, wasn't clarity. What are we going to do? We're all new. We're all new to this board. It's a new entity and all new people. And he said, you stand in love together like sardines in a can. And everybody's on board with the vision. And it's so powerful. When you have everybody on board with the same vision, they all want to stand together in love. It's powerful. And so he said, you must always bring yourself... I wrote about it in the newsletter this month. You must always bring yourselves back to sharing and holding the vision as leadership so that these things can happen, so that the pieces and the people and the programs in a sequential way. Their vivid description that goes on forever says, a vibrant local experience. As a vibrant local experience, we also create an alignment with worldwide centers and constituents by means of cutting-edge broadcast, communication, and outreach technology. When I was sitting with Norm, one of the reasons I want to bring him to do the experience He's got insight in things and how we can take this beautiful space and configure it in a way that's even more powerful and more beautiful. I thought, oh my gosh. Because a lot of what he was talking about I've been wanting to do for a long time. But I've just, you know, but I have a lot of things I want to do all the time. So how do you prioritize? We develop and disseminate innovative, powerful, and sought-after books, support material, curriculum, and music. We are a premier platform for new thought, musical, and artistic creation and expression. See, all these things we're doing. We're all doing all these things. We're just doing it. I mean, they have 28 full-time staff people in, in Mile High. But the interesting thing is when I was talking to Eileen Flanagan, she's a lay person on the board. So I, and she said, 10, 15 years ago, we were in trouble. We, were, we didn't know if we were going to keep the doors open. And she said, we needed to raise $100,000 just to survive. And she said, at that time, you might, have, might as well have made it a million. It was so huge for us. So what they did is they went to work to build the consciousness See, this is, this, is a, this is the metaphor for our lives, for my life, for your life. We build the con- as we build the consciousness, what we teach is consciousness precedes experience. And so if we have lack and limitation in our lives over here, if, we, if, we have, if we're in a box of, of, of um, a belief about what, we're va- what our value is or what we can earn in a year, that becomes true for us. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so as Eileen Flanagan said 15 years ago, we needed to raise 100 grand just to keep the doors open. She said, we just did a, a fundraiser last month, just completed it. Our goal was half a million dollars. We raised $585,000. One of the things, the biggest outreaches they've done there is, so, um, is that anyone in Denver that doesn't have a church. Now, there's about five or six million people. There's you know, five or six times the population we have. But anyone in the Denver area that doesn't have a church or an affiliation with a spiritual community that would like to do a memorial service, they provide the facility and the facilitator, the officiant, for free. 
And, they, and, she, and Norm said, that has done more to build our community than anything. We did that, as a matter of fact, with Lorna and uh, Phil yesterday for Alex. I said, our doors are open. Whatever you need, come in and use the place. And it's wonderful to do that and to watch these people come in. And so many young people. It was such a, a beautiful, beautiful next step in the mourning process. But, you know, there's wonderful ideas out there. And to be able to tap into some of that and bring it back and how can we use that? Is that something that we want to look at? Is that something we want to do? You know, um, and, I, and we're at that point. We have, we have gone through many, many, many um, uh, stepping stones to bring to the evolution of what our community, what's longing to happen. But I know in my heart of hearts that I kept, when I kept stepping into the board situation again, I thought, do I want to get involved again? Because I've done that before. And I stepped off of it a number of years ago. But there was something except, no, no, keep doing this. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And I, st- I stayed the course. And when I was there and having this experience with them, I realized this is, there's so many great things here that I can bring back to the community that I love, that's precious to me, as well as the movement. And to see the possibilities. All they've done is they've sequentially built the, the consciousness. And so they bring leadership together and say, hold this vision and develop it and continue to nurture it. But that's what we teach. So the, 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 the greatest version of you and the greatest version of me is alive. It's already complete in the mind of the one. Ernest Holmes taught that. All great teachers have taught that. When Jesus did his healing, when he came to an individual, what he would see was the perfection that was already there. So it wasn't magic. It was just that he tapped into the nature. He saw through the, the conditions to see the perfection. That's what Norm said to us as a board. And, and for our board here, we have a wonderful board now. Wonderful things are happening. But for all of us as board members to be in that, that can of sardines where we d- decide what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. And to continue to bring ourselves back to the vision when we, because it's easy to get caught in a world of effect. And so it was really simple. It's like, wow. And then once you do, you do what's before you to do it well, whatever shows up. But it simplifies it. And so this prosperous heart, there's three pillars to this prosperous, abundant heart. And the gratitude that I thank you is so important. What can you be thankful for right now? Ears to hear? You all got here somehow. Transportation. Clean air to breathe. Beautiful sunlight. There's a dozen things right off the top of your head you can say thank you to in your heart. And as, as, as um, um, Rhonda Byrne said, that as, as we say it, as we think it and say it, the magical words thank you that's number one. The more you deliberately say and think, thank you, the more gratitude you feel. So it's taking it from the head to the heart. And the third step, as she said, is then that the more gratitude you deliberately think and feel, the more abundance you receive. So it's, it's paradoxical, but the more gratitude, because what we appreciate, appreciates. What we appreciate, appreciates. And it's in, but it's easy to get distracted from that. It's easy to get caught up in the world of effect. Say, what do I have to be grateful for? And that's what most people think out in the world. See, we do this differently. When I bring this group of people, this village, this village of Riverdale came to mourn this young man's life. And so what the opportunity was, was to speak to that in a way that helps shift it from the, that deep sorrow and that deep mourning to also realize that what's there to appreciate in this? What's to be grateful for? What is the message? What is this, this life inspired? Someone, uh, uh, Norman and Catherine, they were at the first service, Norman McLeod and Catherine, and they brought back these prayer beads from Rumi's tomb in Turkey. They were in Turkey for a while traveling. And I'm, I just love this. I love my Rumi. I love Rumi. He's my guy. 
And so here's these beautiful prayer beads that I have from, and I'm so grateful. Yesterday at the memorial, they passed out these little green stones and that were give, provided by one of the family, uh, friends of the family. And the stones were these little green ones, and I had it in my pocket, and then I spilled coffee all over myself this morning, so the pants are now at home. Uh, but I put it in my pocket to bring it and show it to you, and it's a little green stone of, of compassion. And we talked about what we can all do is, is show greater compassion and love for one another and for ourselves. It seems so simple, doesn't it? And yet it's so powerful to say thank you. So powerful. So the, the pillars of this abundant heart. I talked about Rhonda Byrne saying, say thank you, say thank you with feeling. And as we say thank you and say thank you with feeling, it more pours into our lives. So it's to be able to have the vision and not spin into the, the conditions around us and to realize, yeah, yeah, I hear it. I, I hear that voice, but I'm not going there. I'm finding something to be grateful for. The three pillars beyond that of an abundance heart, number one is what we teach is the consciousness of God. God is everything present. There's Godling, there's a Godling, there's a Godling, there's a Godling, there's a Godling. God, 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 God. Everywhere we look, you see the face of God. I love that song, You Are the Face of God. We'll have to do that one of these days. But the consciousness of God. It's what we teach. We come together on Sunday. There's one life, Spirit's life, whatever you want to call it. If you don't like the G word, use the S word. But it's, but it's everywhere present. It's not a man. It's not a woman. It's both male and female. It's a principle. It's a life force that is always, always responding to the nature of our consciousness. Always. And so when we can be grateful, I'm looking at somebody right now that I know that they had a job and then that job ended. How do you be able to, every time I've been fired, I'd be able to look back and say, thank you. Because that wasn't my job anymore. It was just somebody helped me move along quicker. But it, eventually, if we're aware Aware of that, the mindfulness is there to say, oh, thank you so much for sending me on my way. So it's a consciousness of God. It's all God. And, there's a, and this, the divine plan, the divine destination is to come back into that union in a greater and a greater and greater awareness. So that's one of the pillars. It's the awareness of spirit everywhere present. Number two is cultivating. The second principle is cultivating a consciousness of worthiness. Expanding our capacity to give and receive a consciousness of worthiness. And that's what we do when, when we've done this. Uh, uh, one of the vehicles we've used here over the last few years is Prosperity Plus. And many of you have taken that class and many of you have experienced the principles. But there's so much information there, it can be overwhelming at times. But it's about shifting perception, it's about expanding our perception of the world in a way that's powerful and meaningful. Yesterday when I was at the, well, I, I found this beautiful story. I was in Denver and they used it in the workshop, but I used it yesterday in the memorial service and, and it was so appropriate and I just thought, thank you God for, because people remember story. You'll remember story. And so the story goes like this. There was a Hindu master and he had a student and he got tired of the student complaining all the time. And so he said, go get a, a handful of salt. And so the student goes, all right, puling all the way and comes back with a handful of salt. And, he, and the master hands him a glass of water. He says, now put the salt in the water. So the student dumps a handful of salt in the water and he spins it around a little bit. He says, now drink it. And so the student drinks it and the master says, now how does it taste? And he spits it out and he says, bitter. He said, yep. So he 
tells him, he says, go get another handful of salt. We're going for a walk. So he goes another, grabs another handful of salt. He follows the master, and they walk down to the lake. He said, throw it in the lake. Well, the student throws the, water in, or the salt into the water, and he spins it, washes his hand off. He says, now take a drink. And what does it taste like? Fresh. Tastes sweet. And the master takes his hand and said, look, the pain in life is all relative to the container we put it in. And so yesterday at the memorial, I said, we've all got this glass of sorrow about the passing of this young man. And what, is, we're, what we're called to do in this moment is to expand it so we all become the lake, to go from being the glass to the lake. And it's true in our own lives. So this idea of giving and receiving about worthiness is really expanding the capacity that none of us, we don't need to be the glass anymore because most people, as you look out in the world, are the glass, holding the bitterness. It becomes their story. It becomes their identity. But to be able to have the consciousness to become the lake. It's the second pillar, worthiness, the ability to, to receive and to share. And number three, the pillar of the generous heart, the prosperous heart, the abundant heart, is the consciousness of possibility. What's possible? What I realize after 10 years here, there, there are things that, that I'm very much a part of that in order for us to move to the next uh, greater expression of what I believe is possible for us so that we can impact and influence as many lives in a, in a powerful way, there's things that need to be put down. There's things that need to be healed. And so I dove into this uh, co-creation process with Marcia Sutton. And I realize that there are lingering things here. There's limitation. There's, there's, I, I see it alive. And, and I realize I need to heal this for me. I can't stand in any of this anymore. And so my commitment is to continue to do my own cleansing, my own cleaning of my own consciousness so that something more powerful and more beautiful can happen. But I realize that if I'm not willing to do the work, see, you cannot take, if you're with a practitioner that hasn't done the work that you need to do, find another practitioner. Not have to make them bad and wrong. But if, if, you're, if you're challenged, this is why I, say, I asked all the practitioners, I said, I love everyone here to take Prosperity Plus. And almost everyone has. Now, when you take a Prosperity Plus class with me, part of the request in that class, it's the scary part, is that people are asked to tithe for 10 weeks. And what I tell people at the beginning, and I will continue to tell people, and I tell practitioners, I'm not asking anybody to give anything. If you're not going to give in the class, I'm fine with that, because I don't want you giving out of obligation. But let the material work on you. Let the material work on you and challenge you and see where you are. So as practitioners, get the information. And then when someone comes to you for counseling because they have lack and limitation in their lives, you're able to be a more effective guide. Because if we don't have, the, if we don't have enough means in our life to be able to come on a Sunday because we're working four jobs, we're not fulfilling our purpose. You are not here to live a small life. But when I, when I asked that, what pe- some people heard is, you're forcing me to give. I said, okay. As Jesus said to Pontius Pilate, when Pontius Pilate said, does thou say you are the king of the Jews? And Jesus said, thou sayest. Because for many people, it doesn't matter what you say. Because they, we all live in our own perceptions. But what I'm saying is, and the reason I'm willing to be uncomfortable in that request with my practitioners and my ministers is because I believe something bigger wants to happen here. And I believe when someone comes to you as a practitioner, and if you're not living a great relationship, 
and they want treatment work for a great relationship, you need to send them to somebody else that's living a great relationship. I believe in a great relationship. I, I believe and I have in my life an amazing partner that, is the, that, that gives me a soft place to land. That is, we're, we're like sardines in a can. That's what you want in your life. You want to have a practitioner of power and, and clarity. So that when you go and say, my life sucks and I don't have enough money, never had enough money, they can sit down with you and say, let's go to work on this. Let's unravel this. That's when there's a personal trainer sitting in the front row. When you go to work with a personal trainer, you don't sit around and eat donuts every afternoon, watch television. You go to work. And you start at the level of conditioning you have and you build that. That is a law. That's a physical law. And so are the things that we have here. But if we're not willing to use the tools to expand our, our capacity to give and receive, what are we doing? I don't want to do that. That's why I stepped up to be part of this board. And I, when I was there, I said, everyone needs to be versed in this co-creation process. The co-creation process, we're doing it again on Wednesday. The sign-up sheet's back there. It's dismantling those errors of belief, those limitations, those lack. Limitation. Because I know for myself there's things alive that I see outpicturing here that I no longer want to do. I don't want to play at that level anymore. I just can't. And so what I know and I'm called to do, because what I see, I was talking to Norm the other day and I looked at, I looked at the Mile High model and I said, you know, let us build a community that is so vibrant and so rich and so in and, and, and this container of healing. So when people step in the door, they feel it and they get it. And all of a sudden they're inspired to do the work. They're st- inspired to be part of it. And, and so that it just continues to grow and blossom and flourish. You know, when they asked, they told the Dalai Lama, they described religious science to the Dalai Lama, and he said, oh, you guys are Buddhist. Ah, oh, very good, you're Buddhist. Okay. Ernest Holmes said we're Catholic and more. We're, I'm sorry, Christian and more. <laughs> we're Christian, and that's my Catholic upbringing. But it really, in our lives, you know, in, in, uh, in Mile High, they talk about their, they, they use the good to great. You've got to have the right people on the bus. You've got to have the right people on the bus. And if people don't want to go on the bus, you've got to love them and say, thanks, I get it. We're going here. Thank you for showing up. One of the differences between being on the board this time and being on the board last time, which drove me crazy, was the idea was everybody, every last person has to be on the bus before we leave. So we spent seven years sitting in the parking lot, idling the engine. (laughs) And finally we grew the clarity to be able to say, we love you, but we're pulling out of the parking lot. (laughs) And if you want to get on, you can. And if you don't get on, it's okay. We still love you. But for our culture, because we believe in oneness, how can we leave anybody behind? But I love it because it's not, about, it's not about making anybody bad and wrong. It's just simply saying, we're going in this direction. There's something powerful that wants to happen in and through and as you. And I'm not talking just money. Money's a metaphor. We've got to get money handled in our lives. You've got to get prosperity handled in your life. I just know that. I know that for myself. Alice Bailey said at the turn of the century, the, the, the greatest barrier to spiritual evolution is finances. And if you can't get on top of that, you're not going to make any progress because you're going to be so busy working and surviving that you can't even think about bigger ideas. And that's just the truth. That's why I keep offering this Prosperity Plus and keep nurturing that consciousness because I realize when Eileen Flanagan said, you know, 15 years ago, we couldn't raise 100 grand. Now we just raised $585,000 in a few weeks. 
It's, it's our teaching applied in a way. So then what they do is, it's phenomenal. You can go online right now, go to Mile High, H-I, and you can watch Dr. Roger Teal's service anywhere in the world. And the, 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 the amount of donations that come in is phenomenal. So it's giving birth to that. So why do we want to do that? Because we want to spread the message. We want to influence people. And we want to be a, have a positive impact in the world. And, not, and when we see lack and limitation out in the world, we can say, I understand, what you, I understand where you're coming from because that's fear, but that doesn't represent me. Let me offer you a different idea and a different possibility. And we, and we can do it in so many ways. My friend James Mellon down in North Hollywood, he said, he's got this global New Thought Network going, excuse me, going, and his, his idea is changing the world through entertainment, using our principles through film and through music to change the world. Because people may not walk in our doors and want to be part of this community of this conversation, but it can be inspired by a song and the consciousness upon that song. So it's, just, it's wonderful to be part of it. And so I stand with you in such great gratitude. I cannot tell you, I'm just overflowing with gratitude today for everything, for every piece, for everything that has brought me to this point, to be part of this new, this new board and to watch the love that we've created and to look at that and say, that's what I want for my community. I want to live in, with leadership and membership in love that we have a common vision, that we're going to make a difference in the world. Our time here is finite. Let us make it so valuable and so precious, so wonderful, so that when we step through that, that threshold to the new experience, we continue to evolve. We continue to move out, upward and outward. And the world is a better place because we've been here. So this is our opportunity. This is why we're here. This is what we're called to do. In my heart of hearts, I, I've answered that call, and I know you have too. And it's wonderful, the opportunity to do that. What a, what a joy and what a humbling opportunity to be here with, you know, this place packed with people in mourning and sorrow and say, you know what, yeah, this is sad. But how do we take that sadness and use it in some way that allows our life to be powerful and, and wonderful and to move forward? And we're never, they're never going to forget that family's affected forever by the loss of their son. I'm touched by it and, I, and I'm new to it, but I feel like I'm a member of that family. And when I get to go home and in my heart of hearts and say, how can I help make a difference? How can I be more aware? Especially young men between the age of 17 and 24, they're most susceptible to taking their own lives. I didn't know that. And so how can I, when I, I have, and I have boys in my life, children in my life that, that are that, that age range. How can I be more mindful? How can I say things of value so that they help support or nurture this idea and be able to say, you know, there are times life will be tough. You're going to get down sometimes, but that's temporary. You're not stuck that's part of it. And to, and to make the comment, so many people came up and said, thank you about talking about suicide yesterday. Because the mother asked me to do that. I said, thank you for giving me permission. Because we needed to make the conversation real. We needed to honor and say, this is what's happened and this is how we can go forward. So I'm so grateful for that. To go to Denver, have the conversation, to sit here with, and be in this community and do that conversation yesterday. And to just be alive today. To be alive with you and understand that something wonderful is happening. That's my knowing, and as I, as I say that to myself, as I affirm that in the gratitude, it keeps showing up. So I just thank you. I thank you for being part of my life, being part of my evolution and continued evolution. The best truly is yet to come. There are wonderful things happening. And as we hold the vision of that, as we hold the vision of a vibrant spiritual community, which means so many things for so many people, but people are being empowered in their life spiritually and in every other way to live the best life they can and to teach and live from love. But healthy, wonderful, powerful love. So that when people are living their limitation, we say, that's not you. 
That's what a practitioner will do with you. Hold eye, watch. That's what you're living right now, but there's something bigger that wants expression by means of you, and the pain and the suffering you're going through is the fuel that can move you forward because it becomes so uncomfortable. So all of it is designed for us. So I, I thank you so much for the opportunity, for the, the opportunity that we have in this moment and each moment hereafter. So it is. And Stefan's coming up. Do another song.